0: Hey, great day, guys. Uh, i Belcher, and today I want to bring to you some tips and tricks, okay, that I've learned after buying hundreds uh, of real estate properties, okay? Because uh, I know a lot of guys are, are in the middle of um, looking at their first properties to buy, and they're trying to figure out, um, you know, how to navigate this thing, because it definitely is some kind of education behind this and, you know, and something that you can do. You're trying to figure out what you can do to uh, make sure this is as easy as possible and as simple so you can be ahead of the game so you can take massive action, okay? And if you don't know, my name is Sawan Belcher. Uh, This is me taking action so you can follow me over there on Instagram uh, if you want to see what I do in my real estate business. Um, But but today, let's go ahead and get into these tips. Uh, I've come up with probably about like 15 tips to help you get your first property. And I mean, these are like crazy good. So if you if you you know want to buy a property, definitely get your notebook out, get your pen out, and let's go through these things uh, together. Okay. So first, now uh, you want to get pre-approved. Okay. Sometimes you can get pre-qual or you can get pre-approved. Okay. A pre-qual is just you call up a broker and says, Hey, you know, I want to uh, I want a house, and they just send you over a letter with an amount on it. Now, that's okay. That'll get you shopping, but that won't get you to the end. Okay, so don't make that step. Don't make that wrong step. You want to get pre-approved. And the way you know that you're pre-approved is they're going to ask for some kind of bank statements or for your taxes. They're going to ask for some kind of documentation so they can actually look at your income, look at some of your debts and see, hey, this is the amount. This is the payment that'll, you know, kind of be in a good shape for you. They'll kind of look at some of your DTI, pull your credit to see where you are credit-wise so they can actually say, hey, this is gonna be good for underwriting because everything's great. (laughs) You know, when they give you that uh, pre qual letter, you're out shopping, and then next thing you know, you got your due diligence down, okay? And with today's market, you got to put a higher due diligence down to lock one up. You don't want to lose that money, okay? So I'm telling you, the pre-approval is very, very, very um, important. Okay. Now you want to get uh, an estimate on your payments when you're talking to that broker. Okay. So a lot of the times the broker they're focused on getting you um, approved and great they got you approved now, but you need to find out what kind of costs there are you know to buy because essentially it does cost you to buy. You're gonna have closing costs that you pay to the attorney, that you pay to the state, that you pay to the Fed. Um, You're going to have an appraisal that you'll have to pay for to make sure that the bank is in a uh, is in a you know, is in a a great cash position on the house on the note. You'll have an inspection um, on the property. You definitely want to get an inspection. okay, to make sure you know exactly what you're getting into. Now, it's not a requirement, but you should. Okay, you'll have to pay for like a pest inspection, especially here in North Carolina. Almost every house, let's call it 80% of the houses have some kind of termite damage. And that's something that you're gonna be, you know, wanna be aware of. Next, you're gonna wanna get multiple lender quotes. Now, if you're like a 680 and above, just go to the bank that you have, you know, like bank accounts with and savings with because credit unions are gonna be your friend, you know, but if you're less than a 680, Be sure that you also not just go to credit unions, but you want to also go to uh, brokerages. Okay, mortgage brokers. Now, what I like about them is they work with, you know, 10, 15, 20 different mortgage companies. So they'll gather all their information from you, right? Your income, your credit, everything that they need. And they'll literally pair you with the bank that works the best, the lowest interest rates, the best terms, the lowest fees. And of course, They get paid on the result. So they don't make any money until they get you the loan. So they're more enthused about getting you the money, okay? And that's the way you want to do it, in my opinion, is to go through a broker. But just so you know, always get three. So that way you can know, you know, kind of where you are fees-wise, okay? Because the banks make money off of this. They're giving you money, but they're giving it to you because they're making money, okay? So you just want to know. Uh, you know, what a fair price is for that money. Okay, essentially, you're buying a money product. So you want to make sure that you're paying the least amount of money for each product that you're buying. Okay, I hope that makes sense. Interview multiple listing agents. Okay, interview multiple listing agents and realtors. Okay. And and I say that because their goal is literally just to get as many contracts as possible. They want to get as many clients as possible. Every realtor is not made easy. Okay. And just so you know, the only thing you have to do to get a realtor's license is to take a one month course at a community college that they pay $1,500 for the class for, and you pass the test and boom, that gets you a license. That doesn't mean that they're qualified to educate you, give you advice or, um, or walk you through a real estate process. Most of the time, your realtor doesn't even own property. Huh? Seems crazy, right? <laughs> I know. So you want to make sure that you're interviewing, finding out, hey, what do you know? How many transactions have you closed this last month? What are some things that I should be looking for? You know, um, uh, what areas should I buy in? What areas should I not buy in? OK, um, uh, you want to make sure that you're working with somebody that's in the know Because literally, your shortcut to success is uh, the people that you surround yourself with. And in this case, one of those major key players is going to be your agent. Okay, it's going to be your agent. Your agent is going to be yours. They need to be yours when they represent. Sometimes there's a seller's agent. Other times there's a buyer's agent. Okay, and then both parties battle it out on behalf of their parties. Okay. Other times a realtor can bring you a deal that they have listed. They bring you to the property. They bring a buyer. Now they get double the commission. Whenever there's, whenever they're playing dual agency, they get paid more. Okay. And the bad thing about this, now I want everybody to make as much money as possible, but the bad thing about this, they don't necessarily have to cater morally to one side or the other. When they're on both sides, literally, in my opinion, they're looking out for themselves to make sure the deal closes that makes them the most amount of money. My attorney goes against your attorney. We're going to battle it out and we're going to see who is uh, see who's the best. You see what I'm saying? So make sure you have adequate representation for you. If it's dual agency, I'm just telling you, watch out for it because it happens. Now next is you need to look and see what kind of loan product is going to be good for you. Okay, now um, uh, FHA, conventional, USDA, or VA loans are going to be the four different types of loans. But depending on where you are in your financial journey, will kind of guide you towards which one you need to be. And once again, that's going to all depend on your um, your your lender. Okay, and that's one reason why I like going to a brokerage. Because a brokerage company will have information on all four loan types, which means they can give you the best knowledge. If you just go to one bank, let's call it Bank of America, they're only going to be able to tell you products. They're only going to be able to give you information about their products. But if you go to a broker, they're able to tell you about 50, 100 different products out there to get you the best terms. Now. FHA is always going to give you the best down payment and pretty much always going to give you the best interest rate. Conventional, you only get one of those, by the way. So, you know, my house had now that I have here now is a FHA loan, so I can't go out and get another. OK, in order for me to get another FHA loan, I have to either refinance this house into a conventional loan, pay this FHA loan off you know, but I can only have one FHA loan. Okay. That's just because you're able to get down payment assistance and low down payments and, you know, great interest rates, fixed terms. It's just, it's awesome because they're government backed. Okay. This is kind of like the, now they're definitely a little bit more tedious in the paperwork side, you know, but they're definitely the Holy grail for most people, you know, average, you know, middle-class folks that want to, you know, live the American dream. Your FHA loan is gonna be the best product for you. Okay. Now, the conventional loan is you're gonna need more money down. Okay. Typically 15 to like 25% down. Okay. So, you see how this is already different. So, if the median home price is 175000 I gotta put 20% down. Gee, Bali, I gotta put down 35,000 bucks. Okay. Not a lot of people can do that. So, you know, you definitely just need to make sure, you know, you're working with the right broker. VAs, VA loans. Awesome. You can do 100 percent, sometimes 103 percent to even cover the closing cost. Join the military. Um, and then those USDA loans are more of like unconventional, untraditional kind of loans that you can do some tricks of the trade with um, outside of your city limits. OK, here's a tip for you on that with the USDA loan. OK, you can still be a 1099 employee. Um, uh, you can write everything down on your taxes. Um, um, uh, and you can have, uh, you know, let's call it decent, um, if not fair credit and still get a hundred percent financing, uh, in certain zones of the city, those USDA loans are dope. Okay. By the way, if you guys are self-employed, stay until the end of the video. Cause I want to give you guys just a few tricks that not a lot of people know about, uh, that's going to help you get pre-approved for your loan. Okay. If you buy a house as an owner occupant, you're going to get the best terms period. Okay. Now we don't want to lie on our application and say that we're buying an investment property as an owner occupied. That's going to be mortgage fraud. But if you're buying a property for yourself, you're literally going to get the lowest rates. You're going to get the lowest down payment and simply just the best terms, because I'm more likely to pay for my house than I have to live in than I am to pay for my investment property that my tenant hasn't been paying rent in for the last year, okay? So remember, if you want to get the best terms, buy it as an owner-occupant, okay? Remember that two to four units that we're talking about in one of our videos? Two to four units is still considered single family, okay? Remember that FHA loan I was telling you about, 3.5%? So you can buy a (laughs) four-unit, you can buy a four-unit with three and a half percent down live in one unit okay rent out the other three so now you have a primary resident with the lowest best rates with the best term okay with the best down payment and you're still able to make cash flow and live there house hack for free maybe even make a profit depending on how you buy with the other three units major, major play right there. Major play. Okay. Now I will say with doing that, you will have to qualify with your income. So you have to make sure that's aligned, but that is a major play is to be able to use your one FHA loan to buy that four unit. Okay. Awesome play student loans. (laughs) Let's talk about this thing because millennials, you guys know what I'm talking about. My wife graduated with $78,000 of student debt. I did not graduate and I still have $36,000 worth of debt. So that is a hundred, let's call it 120 something thousand dollars worth of debt. That is going to play into your debt to income. In order for you to get approved for a loan, they cannot be in default. You cannot be like um, on some kind of uh, consolidation, zero money, dollar a month uh, payment plan. They won't allow it. Okay, you need to be on a a principal and interest payment plan that is bringing down your principal and paying the government interest in order to pass through underwriting. Okay, so that means if you want to get ready to buy a house, make the phone call today, call them, figure out what kind of plan you can get on, and start making consistent payments. You will need to make payments on your student loans at least. Okay, at least for twelve months. Okay, have I seen some tricks done before with six months payments? Yes. Okay, but I want to get you in these houses and not lose any kind of money, uh, locking up these properties and not being able to close. Okay, so at least twelve months. You need to work on your credit. Okay, Uh, credit is credit is king. Now, now like I told you, you can get approved for an FHA loan with a five hundred credit score. Yes, you can. Will you get the best terms? Oh, hecky no. Okay. No, sir. Credit is one thing that you're going to have to work on right now. Okay. Right now you need to have some pretty looking credit. You want to look good on paper. Okay. Just to give you a couple tips to help you with your credit right now. Okay. Is, um, number one, pay your bills on time. Okay. That is the easiest way to start uplifting your credit right now. If you have a credit card. Okay, if you have a credit card and let's just say it's maxed out is a five hundred dollar balance and your limit is five hundred dollars. Call the credit card company and say, hey, look, I want to pay off my credit card. okay? but in exchange for me paying off my credit card right now, I want you to give me um, 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 a credit increase of whatever. One hundred and fifty dollars, a credit increase of five hundred dollars. What that's going to do is, boom, you pay off the card. Now, instead of you having a $500 limit, you now have a thousand dollar limit, which decreases your total utilization rate and utilization is about 30% of your credit score, which means you're going to get a great bump up because you just paid it off. And now you have an additional, um, you have an additional utilization rate, you know, uh, it's good. You got it lower. Okay. And truly the best credit, the best credit scores come from having 10% or less utilization. Okay. Ask your mom and your daddy only if they have great credit to add you on as an authorized user on one of their longest, okay, one of their longest credit cards, okay. Um, uh, Typically with the highest credit limit, okay. You're not going to use it. You just want to have that credit history. Once they add you on as an authorized user, instantly you'll have, if they had that card for 10 years, you'll have 10 years of additional uh, history, okay. And time on credit makes a huge difference difference. Okay. So take those two things and just start chipping away at your credit. Okay. Really. And now, and I don't want you to go out and just, you know, look up a sign on the side of the highway that says fix your credit and and start tackling that thing. No, the best people, okay. The best credit repair specialists. I mean, just just the, just the best people in general are people who get paid for producing results. So if you're going to find somebody to help you with your credit, make sure they have a, Um, A pay per delete option. So that means they'll send you your credit score when you first sign up. Uh, They'll send you like your whole bureau so you can see what's on it right now. They'll start working for you. 30 days later, they'll send you a new one. And let's just say four things drop off. They'll charge you for those four items only because that's what actually dropped off. And they'll continue to do that for you monthly. But instead of just paying somebody a thousand bucks to start working on it with the hopes that they're going to do what they're supposed to do, you can hold them accountable by only paying them for the work that they do with those pay per delete options. Okay. next is you want to get a house (laughs) before you get a car. Okay. now I'm telling you because um, I know I'm a car lover. In college, I I got this nice GTI. I could get a 07 uh, Volkswagen Rabbit, which was like 9,000 bucks. Or I could get this silver GTI FSI turbo engine, leather premium seats, sunroof for 19,000. Which one did I choose? So it's a 19,000, ball out. You know what I'm saying? But what that's going to do for you is that's going to allow you to have, number one, more debt, which is not good, DTI debt to income, which they're going to be looking at. They're going to be looking at your overall debt, you know, versus how much you make. And they're going to put that in a category and see if the bank likes that or not. So why would you hinder yourself um, on a depreciating asset buying your quote unquote dream car? And that's going to change right after you buy it and want something else. Okay. Versus buying a house. Okay. Your house is so much more important you buying your own house is so much more important than uh than some leather seats than uh listening to some music with the top down uh cruising okay i promise it's so much more easier to get approved for a car after you get your house than it is to get your house after you got your pretty car the next is uh file your freaking taxes millennials file your taxes file your taxes the bank before they close on a deal they're gonna verify with the IRS if you owe them any money if you filed your taxes and they're not just gonna take your word for it so don't think you can just send them um, you know uh, something that you printed out on the computer like you did in college fill in the blank and think they're gonna take that they're gonna they're gonna ask for a transcript from the IRS okay they're gonna order a transcript which is another closing cost that you'll have to pay for they're gonna order a transcript from the IRS to ensure That the IRS is not going to take the house from you and them. They're going to protect themselves. So you got to make sure you're filing your taxes. Don't hire Day Day, Ray Ray or Aunt Tammy. Go to a professional. Once again, the best professionals to hire are ones who get paid for the result. So not a H&R Block or not one of those other franchise companies. the the cpas that you want to hire for your taxes are ones that get paid or giving you the best result i hope that makes sense most people don't know this but you as the buyer you have the right to choose your own attorney if the seller wants to go with a different attorney forget them they ain't got nothing to do with you once again you want representation you want to be paying the attorney out of your pocket so you can have wise counsel around you so they can give you advice. When the seller chooses the attorney, they can't give you advice. When you choose your attorney, you get that wise counsel. Here's a trick. Most people don't know this, but for everybody in college, okay, for everybody in college that graduates, for everybody in college that graduates, that's hungry to buy a house right after you get out of college, most myths are that you got to have a job for two years. And yes, that is true. But when you graduate from college, and you work in the field that you graduated in, college can be considered two years of employment. Oh, we're getting tricky now. Okay. So once again, You need to go through a mortgage broker for this, okay? But literally, there's loan programs that can use the last two years of your college as long as you graduate it and you work inside of your field. So if you went to school for nursing, okay, and you are now a CNA, boom. That's considered as employment. Okay. You went to school for engineering and now you have an engineering job. That's considered employment. So you can get a house. Right out the college, okay. Um, now, look. Most people think, well, what about that down payment? Even though three and a half percent, that's low to one, but I still, I still don't have it. You know, let me ask my mom, okay. Let me ask my mom. They ask some family members. Most people believe that you can't get a gift, okay, because the um, the bank is going to ask you, is this money that you've gotten number one, is it from your taxes? Okay, so you can't use tax money, tax return money for your down payment. okay? So if you did get it, <laughs> you might not want to tell them that okay because they won't close the deal underwriting and want to prove it. Number two, most people believe that your parents can't gift you money. Yes, they can. All they got to do is write you a letter telling them, telling the bank, telling the lender that hey, we're giving him this for his down payment. He does not have to repay me, okay? Because most what the bank is afraid of is that if you get money from someone that it's going to be considered a loan and they're afraid of it being going against the house and once again affecting them because they're trying to protect their position. So your family can give you money. They just need to write a letter. Amazing trick for all of my grad, you know, my bad credit specialist, you know, that, I've, that went through some tough times just like everybody else is as you're getting stuff off of your credit okay let's say let's say you've been working on your credit for two years but you got a few more things on there you finally got over a 620 and you're just it's eating you up you gotta have your house the good news is if you only have a few derogatories on your account a lot of the times you can get the lender to still okay you with those derogatories Um, if you write them a letter saying hey this is what i was going through at the time since then, here's what's changed and it won't happen again for each of those rocks and give them that letter and they will use that letter as like, um, you know, as like a, a waiver. It's like a, Hey, people make mistakes. Let's get this guy some money. Those are three tricks. Okay. Of how you can get approved. Okay. And this one, this last one here is for all my people that want to, um, uh, that own businesses or that want to own businesses that want to have the half a million dollar, million dollar house. Okay. Um, because right off all of my entrepreneurs, you guys know what I'm talking about right off. You make a half a million bucks or, you know, you make a hundred thousand dollars and your tax guy says, Hey, let's get you down, you know, to zero. Um, so that way you don't have to pay any taxes. That's cool. But when you bring those taxes to most lenders, they're going to say, well, you didn't make any money, even though you did, (laughs) you still got money in the bank. Here's how we're going to get around that. There are loans, they're called bank statement loans that business owners can use. Literally, all they're gonna do is look at your deposits for the last 24 months. You'll just go to your bank, app's gonna print out the last 24 months of your deposits, and they can give you a loan based off of your bank deposits from your business, or you can have your CPA write a letter for you. Ain't that crazy? My entrepreneurs, do not be discouraged from buying your own personal house, you know, because of any kind of taxes or anything like that, okay? Let me help you guys. If you have any questions about anything that we talked over uh, about how to get approved, whether you have a nine to five or whether you are a 1099 or whether you're an entrepreneur or just coming out of college. Okay. Let me know in the comments below. I would love to help you get a loan. Okay. And starting January 1 of 2022, we're going to be helping you guys get some of these loans. So be sure that you connect with me on Instagram at this is me taking action so I can help you guys buy your first real estate property. Okay, let's get it. Have an amazing day, guys.